0: I use the walking book club as a tool to help my clients uh, engage the mind and the body so we have a, a friendly rule that you have to be listening to move
1: i'm dr mora i'm a college professor instructor coach and passionate mentor to health coaches around the world but i haven't always been that confident and committed to my coaching career i wasn't sure if i could make it work or even what the best approach was to success and fulfillment. I decided to step up and step into my dream of guiding health coaches on their journey from hesitant health coach to committed health coach. With a unique approach to coach growth, the Health Coach Catalyst program creates a strong hexagonal effect. The Coaching Hive podcast is your glimpse into the concepts, ideas, and approaches that underscore the hexagonal effect while giving you the opportunity to implement tools and tips along the way. Are you ready to dive into today's podcast? Then let's go. And remember that this podcast is family friendly. So go ahead and play it through your speakers. Welcome. Today, I have Julie with me, and she is a National Board Certified Health and Wellness Coach. And Julie has a really unique and interesting approach to her business that I can't wait to learn more about. I am sure that Julie's going to have a lot of words of wisdom and encouragement to share. We've been chatting here just for a few minutes before we got on to the podcast. And I love to hear about all of the changes coming and Uh, how she's growing her coaching business, especially in this virtual time as things have shifted and changed. So welcome, Julie. Thank you for having me. You are very welcome. I'm so happy to be able to sit down and talk with you today. And I know we talked a little bit before, but I do like to keep our podcast kind of brief just to make it a little bit easier for everyone to be able to listen and learn a little bit. So if it's okay with you, I'd love to go ahead and just jump right on in.
0: Absolutely. Let's do it.
1: Awesome. So to set the stage, I wonder if you could share just a little bit about your background as well as what led you to health and wellness coaching.
0: Okay. So I was an athlete most of my life. I was a synchronized swimmer through college. And then in college, they cut it from the athletic budget. And I replaced it with teaching group fitness. Group fitness led to uh, personal training. And way back, gosh, 20 years ago before... Um, wellness coaching started to evolve, I was doing it kind of intrinsically in the clients that I was working with because it was not necessarily about a great bicep curl or lifting weights. It was really a a much more holistic approach of the people that I was working with. And then well coaches came um, into being and I trained with them and they gave me uh, the the foundation of what I was doing intuitively, with great training, and kind of pulled it all together. I also, in in somewhere in there, got a master's in counseling, um, and I taught group fitness up until the pandemic, which is about 35 years. And maybe the pandemic was uh, the way for me to actually maybe exit group fitness as I'm as my body's aging. So um, I've shifted more towards. Um, Uh, health and wellness coaching and uh, I I found kind of an interesting niche which I think we'll get to and that's the walking book club but kind of three sets of skill sets have come into play the counseling the coaching and the training.
1: I love that every time I talk to a health and wellness coach I hear such a diverse background and I think everyone brings something just a little bit different to the table which makes our field so unique and just charismatic. We have so many different skill sets, and when we work together and collaborate, it just makes that even richer.
0: Yes, and I don't know if you've been to any of the National Board um, meetups in in the communities, and I would encourage anybody who is a National Board certified health coach or going for it to um, check that aspect out. Cause my eyes really opened uh, when I went to one of those and hearing the diverse backgrounds of everybody. And, and and exactly what you said is how everybody brings really a unique skill and a unique background and how um, health coaching uh, has a variety of, of channels that are all um, worthy.
1: Yes. Yes. It is truly, a field that is open and we have so many opportunities and so many ways to bring in your own experiences and your own likes to your coaching practice. And you mentioned that you have a walking book club. So I, I wonder, can you tell me a little bit more about how you're sure. how you're implementing that and what it looks like with your clients and your community?
0: Absolutely. Um, so I use the walking book club as a tool to help my clients. Uh, engage the mind and the body so we have a a friendly rule that you have to be listening to move so for somebody who's uh, struggling to get exercise in it was a way of encouraging them to get out and move more Mm -hmm. it's called the walking book club but really any type of movement counts so all of the um, the, the neat energy system, of um, chores and gardening and food prep, it all, it all counts in the walking book club. So, uh, so it started out as a as a tool, but it's evolved into a global community which is really mind blowing in a way. Um, we have members in Australia, we have members in the UK, we have members in Canada. I mean, really, we do span the globe, which is, is cool. So it's a virtual free community mm-hmm. um, that most of our dialogue takes place on in our Facebook group, um, which includes not only the audiobook of the group selection, which... We, I offer kind of, I call them book extras to enhance the actual audiobook. But what I really love about it and where I bring my coaching background is, is I, I add some coaching prompts to um, to the platform. And I also add, I call them healthy body, happy mind inspiration. So anything that has to do with um, the health aspect, like fitness and uh m- Eating behavior and nutrition, and stress management and sleep, so things that will um, I bring those topics into it on a, on a I would say a weekly basis. We'll have anywhere from two to four healthy body, happy mind posts, and also the positive psychology aspect I bring in there. So whether the uh, the member walks to the uh, group selection, they're also welcome to walk to whatever they want. Mm-hmm an audiobook of their own choosing and then they still get all of the the goodness with that. So what I've done with that in this last year is uh, which is the little bit of the entrepreneur in in health mm-hmm. coaching is I have offered a premium program for people who want a little bit more of a a nudge or support or an accountability system at a very very reasonable price because I know budgets are tight but you get that kind of constant reminder of um and inspiration on different topics. And it also includes a little bit of one-on-one time with me. So, wow, that, yeah. is, that sounds amazing. And I know when I hop on my treadmill,
1: I'm always listening to something, whether it's a podcast or a training or a book, That that's
0: brilliant. Yeah. So what makes it kind of, there are a couple other aspects to it that it, that are, are I'm really proud of and, and that are unique. Um, so not only do you get kind of a curriculum if you choose to do the audiobook? book? But um, last year we implemented what I call heart and soul book chats where we pair authors with humanitarian causes. And we've had some amazing authors that come on. Uh, New York Times number one best selling authors. We've had Janine Cummins and Lisa Wingate and several others. Um, and we pair them with a humanitarian cause, which for me, and, you know, i talking about what, you know, in, in finding meaning, and purpose and flow. Um, In the pandemic, that aspect really gave me a a great sense of meaning, purpose, and and flow. And we've raised, we pair it with a humanitarian cause. So we've raised money for Feeding America. We've raised money for the International Rescue Committee, the Covenant House, um, the Whitney Plantation Museum. So it's, it's, I like to say that the walking book club is not only good for the mind and the body, it's good for the heart and the soul too.
1: Oh, I love that. What a great way to give back and to just bring that to a worldwide community. Mm-hmm. Oh, that, and you know, I think that truly embraces, I think about a wellness wheel with all of the different aspects of wellness on it. And what you're describing to me truly incorporates just about every single piece of that wellness wheel pie.
0: Thank you. Thank
1: you. And you are making use of all of your background and all of those skills and tools you've learned over the years and offering them back in such a unique way with that free walking community and Facebook group and everything, but also that premium program where you do have a chance to sit down Mm one-on-one with clients who choose to have that extra level of support. And I think that's a great reminder as well, that that we can offer different levels of support to our clients.
0: And, And what, what, um, And to be honest with you, in a way, and I would say this to new coaches starting out, Mm -hmm. um, that it can be tough to enter this noisy world of coaching. Mm -hmm. And not only do we have to um, discern ourselves from you know the, the people who are calling themselves coaches and really the credentialed health coaches so you enter into this noisy world and um the, the the walking book club was a way to differentiate so if if i were sitting down with newer coaches i would actually really kind of encourage them to to not only think bigger but actually maybe in some respects think smaller and what is your niche and what is unique to you. Um, and then you differentiate yourself in this noisy world of coaching.
1: Yes, such a good point to find, find that passion and really focus in on it. I think sometimes we try and go too broad in that effort to get clients, right? And to try and put ourselves out there in a noisy world, but actually finding that niche. I love it. That, that concept of going a little bit smaller actually allows you to, to specialize more and to find the clients that you are a good fit with so much
0: easier mm-hmm. as well. Oh. And, and through the platform, uh, y- you get, a f- you, you get a feel for what the ethos is, is a, of our community, which I think is, is something that, um, for newer coaches who aren't going into, say, a, a healthcare system, um, uh, I, I lost my train of thought right there.
1: <laughs> That's okay. I do that too. <laughs>
0: uh, um, yeah. So we're bring me back.
1: Okay. So when you think about these newer coaches and kind of finding a niche. Whether we're doing that in a healthcare system or not, kind of thinking more toward not being in a healthcare system and being more of that independent coach and having to be an entrepreneur, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what kind of advice would you give to that new coach?
0: In terms of like trying to differentiate yourself yeah. and with the entrepreneurial spirit, um, people have to get to know you. I think that maybe that was where I, maybe that was where my thought. I think we got was. there anyway. <laughs> um, and it, it, you know, through the community, not only do we offer. Um, opportunities to talk about the book, but I will offer opportunities for free workshops. So then people get to to know who I am and you build that trust. And I think that's one of the things when I go back um, eight years, 10 years ago, where I was kind of really starting to build who I am as a coach um, was to um, create that relationship where people trust you enough that they're going to say, okay, I want to work with you.
1: Yes, that trust is so important Think thinking about who our clients are they're coming to us for health and wellness reasons, and that can be scary, it can be. Maybe that they've tried in the past and feel like they haven't gotten the results that they wanted or it wasn't sustained and so they are feeling a little bit nervous the more trust that. They have in us that the more that they know us ahead of time, the easier that relationship becomes and we can slip into that coaching guiding role mm-hmm. much
0: easier. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. And that's how I, I, the, this, so I have a, a a small private practice, but then this kind of niche within the walking book club of um, and that goes back to more of the entrepreneurial kind of the business of bringing people into the community with a free offer. And then um, the trust enough to say, okay, I, I, I like what you have to offer. Let's go a little deeper. Mm -hmm. And then eventually if it becomes a, a more, kind of traditional uh, coaching relationship. So,
1: there's, a, there's opportunities, there's different layers and levels of support mm-hmm. and entry into coaching.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: it doesn't have to be just one way. I think that's another thing to remember as, as new coaches, there's not just one way to make this work. Right. And to be creative and to try things out mm-hmm. and make adjustments, right? Mm-hmm. Just get started and do something mm-hmm. versus kind of pausing and saying, oh, I don't know what to do. But taking that opportunity to get involved in the community and ways of giving back to the community and to the world. Those are all going to be ways that you can build trust.
0: And, and I think if, you know, when when I work with clients and kind of if the same kind of advice would go for newer clients is, is you know, thinking big and then going narrow and when you think big and you dream big there's your motivation and your meaning and to be quite honest with you if i hadn't had that the the emotional tie to it or the uh, the intrinsic kind of this has has value this is my niche this i'm passionate about this it would make the hundreds of hours that i put into it um very difficult so i think to to say to really search your soul and say, what am I passionate about? What, what do I have to offer that is unique and different has a lot of merit. Mm -hmm.
1: And that, you know, you just brought up, I I put hundreds of hours into this and because it is something that you're passionate about and something that you love and it's unique to you, you don't get that same feeling of burnout or overwhelm that can happen if we're trying to put ourselves into a box that we really don't want to be in. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's good for, for Coach uh, Health as well, <laughs> right? We, we know that that helping profession has a high risk for overwhelm and burnout. And by finding your niche and what gives you that joy, those hours you're putting in truly are joyful. doesn't mean you don't get tired sometimes. Right,
0: I would but, say 90% of them are. There is a 10% in there where to be real, you know. Right,
1: right. And but I think that's true with just about right. anything. Yeah. We get tired and yeah. we yeah. want a break but when you think about all of your when you think about your coaching program and everything that you're offering I'm curious to know what do you find most satisfying about it all
0: uh to be honest with you right now um, when the world feels so tenuous uh, i the aspect of the philanthropic work for me is um, you know, I'll be honest with you. I did do one of those letter futures, mm-hmm. letter to your future best self. I practice mm-hmm. what I preach. I sat down and I yes. did it. And in my last letter, I wrote about getting back into philanthropy. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it was last March, watching television, and I think it was the um, owner of the Sixers who was raising funds by calling his celebrity friends and having them offer things. And I said, well, what can I do? Mm -hmm. Um, And that's, that's when this aspect started. Uh, But, you know, it's kind of funny how it came from a tool that I use in, in my practice about having Mm -hmm. people look at, you know, letter to your future best self. And in that was philanthropy. So when this Kind of came together. It just felt really natural, mm-hmm.
1: and it um, sounds natural when you talk about it. I can see that joy and and hear it in what you're saying. I I kind of suspected you were going to say the the philanthropy part when we got here <laughs> after hearing you talk about what you had added to the you know to all of this. I suspected that's where you would land yeah, yeah, right now. Yeah. But I think it, it's a good reminder to us too that that it shifts what what's satisfying about our coaching practices shifts with time with with what's mm-hmm. going on in the world with what's going on with us and our clients mm-hmm. and that it doesn't always look the same
0: now and I, I agree with you a hundred percent one of the tools that i use with my clients i call it ingredients of an ideal day and i try and prompt them to think about if if they could design a day from beginning to end what would it include mm-hmm. and um those are your ingredients for your recipe and what i it has really become apparent as you know time passes and i started to use this tool is that your recipe every once in a while changes yes and it and and there are sometimes that it ab- absolutely needs to be tweaked and sometimes that life throws things at you that you just have to tweak it mm-hmm. but what is your, what are your ingredients, you know, five years ago are probably not your ingredients for today and probably won't be your ingredients in five years. So You absolutely. are so right.
1: I, I love that concept of continuing to revisit where it is we want to be and what we need in the daily living to be the, our best self and to be who it is we want to be both professionally and personally.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that that is a fantastic tool. I love hearing about how you're using it. That's amazing. So as we, as you kind of think back, I know that you mentioned at the beginning that you were doing a lot of things intuitively before health and wellness coaching really got to be a profession with really robust trainings available. So I'm curious to know, as you made that transition, how do you feel like your trainings that you've been through have helped you to grow and really get to this point today?
0: Um, well, I, th- I think I approach it from a place of humbleness in that to be a lifelong learner mm-hmm. um, and not to say I'm done learning at ever at any point. Um, so there is an excitement and a curiosity and worth in having to do your continuing education. And um, you know, constantly trying to improve or add to the aspects of my coaching practice that are Mm -hmm. important to um, kind of my niche. And one of them is helping women uh, find optimal health. And usually for a woman, most of my clients come to me for help in lasting weight loss. So I like to get as much information and stay um, abreast of the new knowledge. And and in honesty, it really has changed in many ways over the last 30 years and what science is bringing forward. So, uh, uh, you know, I would say stay curious.
1: I love it. Stay curious. That's one of my favorite words. Be curious. Just you're right. If we can continue to learn and really put thought into what we're learning and what's most important, rather than kind of feeling like there's 8,000 trainings out there and I should do them all, but really figuring out, you know, what are you working on mm-hmm. and growing from there and being very purposeful in choosing those trainings so that, as you said, you are helping your clients with what they need, but you're also satisfying your need to learn and grow and stay excited and implement new tools and techniques into your coaching practice. So I think it becomes very being very mindful of how you approach those trainings. Mm -hmm. And that continuing ed, I love continuing ed.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And there's, and there's the, 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 the the world is your oyster in terms of uh, um, the ability to tap into what piques your interest. Um, One of the, I guess the blessings of the, the pandemic is how we've adapted to virtual interaction and virtual learning. And um, I still miss terribly the the human connection and yes. the of people in a room. But if you can't have that, then let's look at the bright side of, of you can take so many different courses. It's, um, it's exciting in that aspect, in that in that way.
1: It really is. So many more things are opened up to us now that if you couldn't travel or you couldn't do this or that, you couldn't take the trainings. You couldn't go learn from this person or hear what they had to say. Mm-hmm. You were kind of just stuck with what you could get to or where what was near you if you weren't able to, to go far.
0: That is the truth. That really is. Yep.
1: It has been an exciting part. I agree. Um, There have been certainly so many tragedies with the pandemic, but this is one of those bright moments of it that Mm -hmm. we have so much more open to us in terms of learning.
0: I still miss the human connection. Me
1: too. (laughs) Me too. Going into a room and sitting down and having that conversation.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I guess you go back to kind of that idea of a, a recipe one of the things that I absolutely adore doing is teaching group fitness. And that really came to a halt last March because yes. uh, and, and I, I don't know that I'll go back at this point. So, um, you know, my ingredient in terms of the, the interaction, the joyful interaction of people um, has has had to shift.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I still miss it.
1: Yeah. And you're still looking, I bet you're still looking for that, that moment to be able to really reconnect with humans in the same space. And Mm -hmm. yeah, Yeah. I think, I think we'll get there, but I I know that, I know that on, on the path, you'll be looking for those little nuggets and places to be able to satisfy Mm -hmm. that need. Yep. All right. So you have had just so much great information to share. I told you one of my favorite words is curious. So I'm curious to know, what is one last tip that you might offer to either a brand new health coach or someone who is thinking about becoming a certified health coach?
0: Oh, The advice I would offer to somebody who is looking into becoming a health coach.
1: I know, tough questions.
0: I would say, and, and this I think goes for just about anything, get grounded in your values. Mm. Um and and that will lead you.
1: That's brilliant. Everything comes back to our values and building off of that, doesn't it?
0: I, and there are some great tools out there to, there to, to, help you to, to discern. Uh. And I think if you get grounded in your values, the rest will will fall into place. Yeah.
1: That, I love it. I think you're absolutely right. I'm not sure I can build on that. That that was that was perfect. <laughs> um, I know that it's such a time that can be filled with hesitancy as you're just getting started out or deciding if you're making a career shift into health and wellness. And you're right, grounding yourself in your values and really making sure that you're in touch with those and building on that.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and it goes, I think that, that if, if you are grounded in that is that when, Life throws you curveballs and it gets chaotic. And I was just going to say, yeah. So yeah. you
1: guys can't see it, but, but Julie has a beautiful chaos sign on her bookshelf behind her.
0: And that you can kind of keep coming back to them as your touch point. Mm-hmm. And so, because um, life is chaotic as, you know, this last 18 months sure has shown us that we can yes. have best laid plans and um, it can go awry.
1: It can, it can. So grounding in your values. That's so good. Such a good reminder to anyone, even if you're an experienced health coach or not a health coach at all, that is a good reminder to us all to really take that time and learn more about ourselves and then move forward from there. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much for sharing your words of wisdom. I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to sit down and share those experiences that you've had and your ideas and tips and wisdom with our coaches. Now for our listeners, how can we connect with you after the podcast?
0: so if you are interested in joining the walking book club most of the dialogue takes place in our um, discussion group on facebook so if you google the walking book club uh, with julie kaminsky or or the walking book club you can not only come uh to to my website Mm -hmm. uh, it will probably come up in a link to the facebook group and then also you can follow me um at at the walking book club on Instagram. And then I'm always uh, welcome new friends at, at Julie Kaminsky on Instagram as well. So
1: perfect. And I'll post all of those links for you in the show notes so that you don't have to go search. Even if you don't want to, I'll make it super easy and put that link in those links in our show notes. And you can just click. I know that I will be excited to check out the walking book club. It sounds so interesting. And I love that there's that philanthropy piece to it. That just really rounds it out and is a lovely addition. So I want to thank you again, Julie, for sitting down. I look forward to seeing all that's in store for you and seeing how you continue to grow your Walking Book Club and add to it. I know that you're you are you're an entrepreneur at heart. I can hear it and see it in what you're doing. And I just look forward to seeing how that
0: continues to grow for you. Well, thank you for having me. It's always fun to talk about um, your passion with, with other people who um, are passionate about the work that they do. So thank you very much for the opportunity.
1: You are welcome. I cannot wait to see everything that comes out of this, and I will post all of these links in our show notes, and I'll see you back here next week for another podcast.